Let's give them something to talk about. I see the energy running out. I got a planet to run around. Okay, okay. You ain't do nothing but run your mouth. No, I don't want to be humble now. You doubted me. Nothing to talk about. Morning. Hey, good morning. Um, this is podcast number 16, which is impressive. It's about 10 more than I thought we'd I was get. Gonna, I was going to mention it at 20. <laughs> Oh, were you? Okay, I don't want to jinx it. Sorry. <laughs> it's all right. It's 10 more than I thought. We'd well, you, you labeled the last one at 15. I was like, oh, there it goes. Yeah. <laughs> There's a number out there now. Yeah, we're fooling around with the graphics on the front of these things. It, it's I discovered that just even for my own personal preference now, because I pull up a Apple Podcasts on my phone or on my, in my car, it comes up on the screen. And it's nice to see just one line of what it is. Mm-hmm. Versus the different topics. Yeah, versus different topics on the on the... Thumbnail on the title, not on the title. Oh, okay. The title, but even on the thumbnail too. Mm-hmm. Like the thumbnail just needs one thing. Got it. That's gonna make some make people watch it, it's, and it's our primary topic that we're gonna talk about, and you know, and maybe one other thing or you know, in that sentence. But it's kind of nice because it comes up on my screen in my car, and I'm like, oh, hey, that looks professional. Looks like we're yeah. legit. Looks like we have more than thirty users, thirty viewers. I don't know. We've been getting up to like sixty-seven, hey, seventy. I'll take eighty people. Yeah. <laughs> So you, it's a slow boil to achieve what we're, I don't even know what we're trying to achieve. We're just talking about stuff that is interesting to us from as affiliate owners and programmers running Diablo CrossFit 17 years in, in the hopes that it can um, provide value to other affiliate owners and to our Diablo CrossFit community to help make them better at this, to get them more interested in CrossFit uh, to apply it to more things in their own lives to help affiliates um, apply it to their communities and help them succeed and really to carry forth the mission and message of CrossFit to the global CrossFit community because that was that was thirsty for it for there's a lot of new content coming out from mm-hmm. everybody yeah including CrossFit's producing some really good content but we'll continue yeah, I like it because it's it's kind of a, a, a picture behind the scenes, right? Yeah. Like what's well, yeah, going yeah. on behind the scenes, and, that's kind of, and, that, and it's fun to share that stuff. Yeah, it's, it's fun, fun to rehash it too, it's and, fun. and relive it in some cases. Yeah, we're eventually if if you go to our what is it? Uh, oh, if you go to our OnlyFans page, <laughs> you can get the real content behind <laughs> the content. <laughs> like we need like a paywall to get the real, the, 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 yeah, re, the real dirt. We'll tell you, we'll get down and dirty. <laughs> yeah. Tell you all about the murder at Diablo. He <laughs> <laughs> really would have pulled back this, yeah, the, the, yeah. the curtains. Yeah. For like a hundred dollars. That's a real thing. <laughs> it is a real thing. And it's a hundred dollar paywall to get to that. <laughs> uh, oh, you know, I was actually thinking about putting that one out there, but it didn't make it. No, we, we will hold off. We got to get, we got to get past a hundred. Maybe that'll be our hundredth episode. We can talk about that one. Yeah. We survived that by the way. And that was in our early days. Um, so, but, I sent out an email this week and it was a touchy subject. I got a few email responses back from our community on that, on my first topic. And I, I don't know why I picked these topics or how I picked these topics for the, our weekly update. Start as a weekly update. Just go out and give members information on what's happening at Diablo for the week, basically surrounding programming, which yeah. you, what you have programmed for the week mm-hmm. and then any other event type stuff that's going on. And then it turned into an ed- editorial opportunity for me, apparently. It's almost like you kind of ran out of content to share inside the gym. <laughs> What's true? Like how much shit can be going on at, the, at, a, well, at a CrossFit affiliate in a week? I mean, in some cases, a lot of the topics that you discuss and cover is stuff that's relevant to, you know, living a healthy life. And, well, that's true. And, you know, being informed on certain things allows us to make the right decisions. And it, it really is about that. It It's... It's living a healthy lifestyle, completely absorbing ourselves in that. And it provides a distraction from all the other things in life. Yeah. But it is absolute. I, I believe it's almost absolutely necessary to combat uh, the, the chronic disease and the, and the things that contribute to chronic disease in this country. Uh, the number one killer of Americans and actually the number one killer of people worldwide is chronic disease. Yeah. Which is... Diabetes. Oh, which is, which is you I mean, identify them or no, no, no. I don't oh. want to identify them because there's a lot of them out yeah, there, but yeah. they're not necessarily something that you're stuck with. That's it's, it's, oh, that's right. it's a decision. No, it's curable. 
It's a curable decision. It's it's lifestyle, um, but uh, not necessarily an easy lifestyle to change. Yeah. Anyway, we can talk about that today because mm-hmm. there was a report from the American Pediatrics Association uh, that was published, and then it hit the news journals, essentially recommending uh, in, uh, for for twelve year olds and up who are suffering from extreme obesity, uh, recommending pharmacological intervention as well as surgical intervention um, at, at, at that approving of it and recommending it at that early age. And there obviously I saw a number of people commented on it that I follow. Um, um, lambasting the, a, uh, the American Pediatrics Association for this recommendation, criticizing them. Um, people are upset about it and rightfully so. Likewise, me too. I was yeah. sad and upset to see it. Yeah, that we're, we're we're having to resort to drugs and surgery in order to cure kids of obesity. The idea being, in the American Pediatrics Association, um, you can Google it to find the article. I may we may or may not have a link for it in this in the details. We're not we're not there yet as a podcast podcast yeah. company. <laughs> just just Google it, um, and and type obesity drugs surgery. Uh, pediatrics and you'll come up with the, the, all the articles and even the study behind it. But it, um, it basically is indicating, and the reason why they did it is because obviously chronic obesity leads to other metabolic syndromes mm-hmm. that are life-threatening diabetes, obviously being number one, right? So I don't know, there's, you know, 50 million Americans now that are diabetic or pre-diabetic it's you know it's an alarming uh, i think it may be closer to 70 70 million Th- those are alarming numbers um and it's as a direct result of the lifestyle that we the western lifestyle western diet and western lifestyle and and the kids kids that have it um the um uh, diabetes is one of them uh you know all of the other things mental health issues that go along with it um, and, um, the cardiovascular disease that comes along with it, high blood pressure, all of those things at a young Fatty age. litter disease. Yeah. Yeah. Which is there's another just, one that's on just the rise. A, there's just a ton of them. And anyway, so that, so what they're saying is basically it, they're, they're, it's not that they're not acknowledging it. It's that they're basically uh, in a sense. And this is what I, me too, giving up. Yeah on fitness and nutrition as a primary intervention for obesity in children. And I, and I understand um, because, and I understand why they're doing it. And I, in my um, email, I indicated that um, I agree primarily because the American food industry is a, mess well it's a mess but it's also massive and yeah. it's and, it, and it's a consolidated in five um uh conglomerates mm-hmm. that control 90 percent of the food in this country mm-hmm. and they have a significant amount of influence on the dietary recommendations the government government dietary recommendations as a result of their contributions to both political parties on an ongoing basis um, and in an inter- in an, with the interest of being protecting their uh, shareholders' returns and value of their companies, they're interested in selling lots of food and beverages, which then results into needing some kind of pharmaco- pharmacological intervention. Right, and and the conspiracy theorists would say that uh, this is in fact a um, conspiracy between pharma and the food companies because the pharma can treat it and food companies can can well, create it. Well, it's like like you said the the idea that we have to like they've given up right like yeah. the, the concept the idea that that they've given up on you know healthy food and exercise is that's been a highly debatable thing. What's actually going to work? Right? right. I mean, you think about the battle that CrossFit had with NSCA and and just that's a perfect example of like where we are right now, right? Yeah. It's 
the stuff that they've been telling us to do hasn't necessarily worked. That's, the that's, food that they've told us to eat has not necessarily worked. And right. we're, we're continuing to go down this rabbit hole of what is the right way to eat food? Like what works for the best for people? That's right. There's a ton of, there's a ton of debate around diets. And the fact that the government guidelines don't change every five years, right? right? They just changed it and it's still not going in the right direction. That's right. And so, so my point being that it's going to take another 10, 15, 20 years to change yeah. uh, for this country to change its, uh, its recommendations with, re- with, with respect to nutrition. And that's going to involve cooperation. It's going to have to be cooperation with the food conglomerates and support from the food conglomerates and then buy in at, 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 at schools um, and in the military and everywhere yeah. else, right? It's, it's, it's a massive change. So in the interim, what do we do? Well, you know, all of the media outlets related to fitness and nutrition are, are and I'm going to say are like 80 to 90% doing the right thing, right? They're making the right recommendations. Unfortunately, it's not being heard. Mainstream media is not even picking up on it. Mainstream media will do little snippets. Hey, try this, try this exercise. Maybe. Yeah. Hey, Mediterranean diet works here. Yeah. Keto doesn't, you know, they, they go back and forth. So mainstream media is not, isn't coalesce isn't it coming together on this either so my point being that if if we can't change america's thinking with respect to to exercise and nutrition um in a massive way um we aren't going to be able to benefit these kids who are suffering from extreme obesity yeah so pharmacological and surgical intervention might be the catalyst and it has been the catalyst for some mm-hmm. for, for many i shouldn't even say some for many people that have done it it has been the catalyst to lead to a healthy lifestyle yes it doesn't work in everybody yeah. there's, a, there's always the percentage that does the surgery and still gains weight there's a the percentage that starts taking some drug and doesn't but there's two new drugs but let me just yeah, add yeah, to yeah. that speak quick, real quick before you comment there are uh there, there have been two new drugs that were released, and the most recent is Wegovy, and I don't even know if I'm pronouncing it right, if it's Wegovy or Wegovy, um, that, that has been shown, it's a diabetes drug that show, has shown um, in a very good ability to curb appetite. Um, and I think, uh, so basically curb hunger, mm-hmm. um, and it has resulted in weight loss in diabetes patients. So now they've approved it for pr- prescription for uh, weight loss management down to age 12. Without severe side effects, right, and that, that I know of. I didn't do a deep dive into the side effects side, uh, side of this. Um, but I will tell you that if you're able to curb hunger, that is a key component to uh, o- um, overcoming obesity. It's a key component to weight loss, getting rid of the cravings. And those cravings can come from, and that, here's the problem, and this is the other thing I put in my email, is that obesity, especially severe obesity, usually is linked to, in a lot of cases, it's linked to past um, emotional trauma, trauma, um, past trauma, physical or emotional, I'm sorry, physical or mental trauma, um, or emotional trauma, and then also uh, um, genetic proclivity. In other words, did you, if you had parents that were obese or you know, great-grandparents that were obese, grandparents that were obese, those things give make you more susceptible to obesity in which case then now you're you know you trauma you've got if you've got any type of type of trauma or you've got some genetic proclivity or both man you're you're set up to to fail and 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 look you we could get someone in here to diablo start them working out getting them on a workout regimen getting them eating nutrition and we still might might not make a dent right because of we don't know what they're doing the other 20 how much the buy-in 23 hours that they're not here. How much yeah. real buy-in is there? Right. Yeah. I mean, I, we, I know of cases where people and people are, uh, I've had members of Diablo tell me they woke up in the middle of the night ravenous and made full meals. Uh, my older brother's wife, my brother said she would sleep cook. She would get up in the middle of the night, sleepwalk and go to the kitchen cooking. And, and then he would come down, wake up. She didn't even know she was Whoa. doing it. Oh yeah. There's, 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 there's some deep, deep stuff related to yeah um obesity that i can't begin to um 
tackle myself that may that may benefit from intervention mm-hmm. and i think it's sad that a child 12 13 14 15 going through their very yeah. th- very difficult teen years right yeah. teen years i know because i have a 19 year old daughter those are very challenging years go through that process go through those years being obese mm. and body conscious you can you can have fat acceptance all you want i'm sorry but people are still going to take their clothes off look in the mirror and go fuck i'm fat and i don't want to be fat yeah no matter how much acceptance training you give them or you give all their peers or everybody else around them that makes them feel wonderful it's still there it sits mm-hmm. as a seed and it eats at them and and that i think is um um a terrible tragedy mm-hmm. one that they have to feel that way and two that you know that that there's not a solution. And if there is a surgical or pharmacological solution out there, we should, um, we should pursue it. It, and again, believe me, it, I'm, I'm on the other side. Like, yeah, I, no, I, I know you are, but it, at the it, same time, it troubles me to even have to say that when, when you put it in the, in the context of like, it's going to take potentially 10 to 15 years to actually create change. So that way we have good guidelines. I think the idea that you said like, this is a good, a potential good intervention is 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 okay but i think it's important to understand that it's an intervention it's not a lifestyle well, it's so. intended to be yep. something to break this break, break the, the cycle, cycle right yep. and a lot of the times you know the, the 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 cravings and stuff like that that's all hormonal right the leptin and um ah, I can't remember ghrelin, ghrelin, ghrelin and yeah. yeah so like once you get those things balanced out that's when that intervention should kind of subside and Taylor yeah. off and wing yeah. off. And there's new studies linking to uh, um, your gut biome. Yeah, to, oh yeah, 100%. To, to hunger cravings. And I mean, like everything's all connected, right? Yeah. From your yeah. gut to your brain. And, you know, if you find yourself on some kind of pharma, pharmacy, um, some drug, that's something that you don't want to be long-term. That's right. It's going to have a negative effect regardless on how long you're on it. It's, yeah. it's, it's, and any it's t- out there. Anytime I've taken drugs, it, it I've always said to myself, man, how uh, how, yeah. can, how can I get off them as quick as possible? Yeah. From pain 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 painkillers to anxiety drug to you know to a very short stint on antidepressants. Like, yeah, I went off as fast as possible. What can I do? And that's where the the education needs to come in. That's right. That's that's where you know that's where it's we a, are going to use this pharmacy uh, as pharmacological um, intervention. But this is our plan to correct the long term for the rest of right. your life. And that's where I think doctors and I know because I got a email from one doctor who said he was, you know, so upset that he was may withdraw from the American Pediatrics Association. And my, my thought process would be, you know, my thinking would be, don't be that doctor that helps provide the education, let it be the yeah. catalyst yeah. and then provide the education to help. Yeah. Help with that process. So then I, ha- then I call upon all CrossFit affiliates. Like you mm-hmm. need to get programs going where you're ki- getting kids in. It doesn't need to be kids just need to move. That's it. I mean, kids, you know, that's it. Let me ask you this. So this, I thought about this. I worried about this for my daughter uh, growing up. Her siblings, my daughter is, for those who don't know, my daughter is adopted. Uh, We adopted her at birth. Her, uh, her birth siblings, uh, she has five. Um, Almost all of them are um, overweight or obese. So I worried about it and it it was in the family. Mm Mm-hmm. And so my wife and I were conscientious of the, um, the calories that we were providing her as she grew up. We weren't restrictive and we weren't obsessive. We were just thoughtful. Yeah. For example, um, she, she would drink, she liked orange juice in the morning. So I would get, we would let her have a glass of orange juice. But we, what we would do is, and, and it became that, that, that she would only drink it this way, is we'd put a third of it, I'd pour a cup of orange juice, but I'd only put, pour, I'd pour one-third water. So I'd pour one-third water. Dilute and then, it. Yeah, dilute, I'd dilute yeah. it. Yeah. Um, and I used to think, God, this really isn't doing anything. This really isn't doing anything. But then you add up, and then I started adding up the calories <laughs> in a glass. When you put the volume together, Yeah, when you put changes. the volume together, I'm like, holy crap, like yeah. you know, tens of thousands of calories over the probably – I don't know, six year period that she liked orange juice. She and doesn't drink orange juice good anymore. Calories. That's just no. straight sugar with But we took but we took those calories out, that many calories yeah. out. So we yeah. diluted it. And uh and that was huge. Yeah. 
Um, we minimized additional sugars mm. that we put in foods. All kids like sweets. Yeah. And, and my daughter is a very picky eater. And so, and, and one of the things she did like was powdered sugar, but we would, <laughs> we would always, we would always regulate it yeah. and be very disciplined on it, on it. Um, the other things, one of the other things we did is we didn't stress about eating. And by that, it means we told her our rule was if you're hungry, eat something and we'd like it to be, you food. know, food, real food, if possible. With a nutritional benefit. Yeah, with a nutritional benefit. But if you're not hungry, don't eat. And we, and I really tried to instill that. In other words, don't eat because you just want to do something. Yeah. Eat only when you're hungry and don't eat when you're out. And we would come to dinner time sometimes and she goes, you know, we'd say, hey, come, let's, let's eat dinner. And she'd go, I'm not hungry. I'd go, okay, no dinner for you. And we, and we were, it wasn't like a punishment. It was like, okay, you know, let us know, let us know when you are hungry. Yeah. And sometimes it'd be like nine o'clock at night. She goes, I'm hungry now. We're like, you know, my wife and I just, oh shit. We have the Rochambeau. <laughs> kind of paper, paper, rock, no, paper, rock scissors. Who's going to, who's going to make yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah. Right. But I, but I love that. Like she's only eating when she's hungry. Like yeah. she's responding to the internal. I've got to eat. She's responding to those hormones that are yeah. telling her I'm hungry. That's right. And she'll go literally some days, like she'll eat just, I'll ask Yvonne at the end of the day, like, did she eat anything? <laughs> like, yeah, she maybe had a peanut butter muffin. Um, but my daughter is healthy and her weight is, is, has never been an issue. She's yeah. healthy, lean, fit. Um, and I think it's, a, I think that one, the, the just not placing emphasis on the, old industrial age era of breakfast. You got to eat yeah. breakfast. You got to eat lunch. You got to eat dinner. The schools. Three tell meals the, a day. No, the schools tell the kids that you got to eat before you come to school. Say, really? Why? <laughs> um, yeah. And and because our daughter operates really well in the morning mm -hmm. without without eating. And she's I mean, clear. She focused. She she has a little. Now she likes coffee. She, you know, but she's yeah. 19. And that's normal. But she has a little bit of coffee. And she'll eat about. My daughter's first meal is usually around one o'clock so that's her breakfast yeah it's kind of she's a, it's well because she's her first meal of the day well essentially breakfast is breaking fast that's right right so and yeah. i mean when you think of it in that aspect like your body's going to eat when you're going to want to eat that's right and when we put ourselves in these situations where it's like hey you have to have these three meals a day what are you actually putting in your body is it something that's going to be helpful beneficial or is it going to be something that's going to make you hungry a few hours from now and most of that stuff is the case we're yeah. dealing. We're dealing with that with Cameron, um, my oldest at school. Like he, so we send him with food. Right. Yeah. He has he has a couple eggs first thing in the morning. He likes it. He eats it. Goes to school. When he's at school, there's a cafeteria. Yeah. And they provide food. Right. Which is great. It's free food for the kids. Awesome. The food that they get is like honestly, I just it's like it would probably be better not to have food. Like if, even if you had food, let's, let's minimize it down to something that's actually going to be right. nutritionally. It's all carbs, processed foods. I'm asking him. So he's, he's five, he's right. in kindergarten and you know, I'm trying to teach him, you know, what is food and what is not food. Right. Like the ultra processed food is not food. That's crap. Yeah. And I, I say it as is, I mean like that's right. crap. But, no, what, it, what my question being was, what is, what is the school giving? Oh, oh What's on well, I was going to get there. I'll ask him. What is, what'd you guys have? Like, what was in the cafeteria today? Right. And it's graham crackers and cereal. Are you kidding me? Like, and the problem is I don't necessarily have control of what he's going to do. Like I'm giving him food. He goes to the cafeteria. The, the teacher's not there, which is fine. I understand like she's busy with class and whatnot. Right. But at the same time, like he has the freedom to go in there and eat whatever that is being fed to the, the rest of his class, there might be kids in his class that are going to eat the same stuff and he's just going along just to be a part of it. Would be a part of what and the other thing is those foods are unbelievably they're, good. And they're yeah. but they they're taste, designed to be that way. They taste oh yeah. No they're question. designed no, to be no, that no, way. I get, I get that. Yeah. They're, but they're, the only, they taste so good and they have the right texture. I I ate so much freaking cereal. Like oh, I, oh, yes. I, dude, I can go like I crush a box in the sitting, no problem. Right. <laughs> and it's and it's it it is so not good for you no and the way we would know that it would that he's not eating his lunch is he'd come home his food is still in there um, but then he's also running in the bathroom because right. his stomach's all messed up yeah and then i'm trying to like put two and two together for him so he can understand do you want to have this issue when you get home from school again 
No. So then right. eat the food that we send you because that's actually going to make you strong and healthy and faster and all this stuff. Yeah, and that's give them all the bullet points, right? No, that's right. right. Food is fuel. That's the we. I used to tell my daughter that all the time. Just got a mantra in her head: fuel, food is fuel. And I think that's something that we just have to do as parents to to educate our kids. And and a lot of the times, the education out there is not easy to find no. when you think of like what is actually going to be beneficial. I think the other thing to do too as parents is to is when you get the opportunities to go to the school meetings, the parent teachers associations, those types of things, is be there and be vocal about it. Yeah. There are school systems, I don't have them off the top of my head, but there are school systems that are starting to adopt healthy eating um, providers, mm -hmm. like healthy food providers that are bringing in whole foods into the into the cafeteria system. So they, the schools have the opportunity, and I don't know whether it's at the school level or at the district level or at the state level, but at some level, there is a contract that's that is that is established between the school and the food provider for the school, and and there is a choice that's made on we're going to go with this company, this company, or this company. And mm -hmm. I'm sure a lot of it is based upon cost. Yeah, I'm sure. Right, which is that's frustrating because you know the low cost provider is going to provide shit food. Yeah, yeah. And then there's the, uh, but there is a there's a decision that's made and a budget that's put out there, and I think that's where parents can have an influence. I've mm -hmm. seen it. Um, I've read about it in other school districts in California that have healthier options for kids. If they, if your kid went to school and their only choice was whole foods, they would eat it. Yeah. Especially if their friends were eating. It. Yeah. And that's exactly. the kind of, that's the kind of influence that has to happen. And everyone says, well, it's a parent's responsibility. The kid, and, you know, it's parents fault for the kid being fat. Not necessarily. There's a lot of input to that. Oh. There's a lot of input. Grandparents. Think about, think about yourself growing up. <laughs> Who was the biggest influence in your life? All the times I got in trouble, it was my friends. Yeah. All the times I did something really, really fucking fun, it was my friends. Yeah. They, they were the influence, right? Yeah. Anytime I have exciting memories of me doing something and as a kid, there's probably a friend in there or two friends in there that have they, that we that was right there with me. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, okay, I have some beautiful memories of my family and the influence. But let's 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 face the facts that that peer pressure is significant, especially yeah. at schools. Yeah. And and if you can control that environment so that all they have is, you know. Um, healthy options or the majority of things they have is healthy options or healthy options are perceived as the choice the positive, to make yeah the positive yeah. choice to make it appears you're we're going to influence change yeah but that's i mean that's where the change really has to start because it, it does it's the future i mean you talk about the, yeah. the the you know that the times and the guidelines are going to catch up in 10 to 15 years like this is where it's supposed to start at, right you know at cameron's age when he's 15 or uh, when he's five years old now what's it going to be like in 10 years from now when he's 15 that's right you don't want to fight that battle no i'm new to I, the battle I, I, well i tell you what no i mean it's like i i feel for parents i saw this when i was on swim team i, I it broke my heart to yeah. see kids who were obese and Dude. and knowing the issues they had you know being in swimsuits or doing swim meets and i and it just, it, it, you know, and I, and that the parents don't want them to be that way. And the parents are doing, uh, I think as much as they can, especially here in the barrier where they have to, you know, both parents have to work. They're doing as much as they can. And at the same time, they want their kids to eat something. They want them to eat something, but it's also, there's so much treats involved. Like well, we, had, we had soccer, I, right? Yeah, I get, so I get for, exa too. for example, we have soccer. What did you get when you play a sport when you're a kid and it, your parents would bring a snack? It'd be like apples, oranges, some water, maybe a juice box. There multiple times we've had Krispy Kreme donuts show up after a fucking soccer game. Yeah. No. That, no How it, is this going to be beneficial no, to them? No, that's, that's that's a good point. Swim team that that they would they would go and there'd be food there for the kids for swim team on swim team practice days, yeah. and it was cookies and and juice boxes and it was all you know and it's it's just fueling the fire. well and I think that is where. Those organizations, obviously, and again, that's where CrossFit can help because CrossFit yeah. can educate its communities mm -hmm. and, and and encourage those parents to be that parent yeah. that is the one speaking up and demanding that there be change in these organizations yeah. and get yourselves involved in those roles where you're you're helping make those decisions. And kids don't if if they don't like the whole food that's in front of them, they don't have to eat. Your kid will. It, look, and I don't want to say this callously, but your kid's not going to die from not having no. a snack at a swim meet. Kid's going to be fine. They're going to know what to do, and they get hungry enough. Chances are they're going to eat something. Yeah, 
and what you want to do is is set a standard um and the, the other thing that parents can do is be good role models yeah all right for for what they demonstrate to the kids i like what S- savan said this years ago um the the blueprint to growing a human is all in the main site or all in um what is fitness right, right. like the 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 journal articles and going through an at level one certification that's going to give you all the tools that you need to raise a, a healthy kid. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, as parents out there, I would just recommend just educate yourself on what you yourself could do for yourself, but also how is that going to translate down to your kid? Yeah. Cause it's, it's the future. And picture your kid. If you're having kids now, picture your kid in, at age 18. You got them all the way through. You got them successfully through their teen years. You got them through school. Picture what they look like. What do you, and I think it's okay to do this. Yeah. Picture what they look like. You, it's going to take work to get them to look like what you have in your mind of what they're going to look That's like. That's a really good point. It's a really good point. That's <laughs> a really good point. Yeah. It's, it's I, not, it's not just plug and no, play. I, it's, I guarantee it's, there's arguments. I, I there's fights. You know, there's it, going it, without again, food. This is another one of the most controversial things I'm going to say, but I guarantee it. Um, 100% of the parents get on here that, that hear this. And if they had a visual image of what their kids are, kids anywhere from, you know, zero to 10 years old right now. And they said, okay, what, what's my kid going to look like at age 20? 100% of the parents that listening to this are picturing their kids lean and athletic. Yep. What are they doing to get there? And that's okay. Yeah, that's, that's great. That's, that's, that's that, because that's, yeah. that's typically an indication of not having chronic disease. I mean, naturally that's and, what it should look like. Yes, it should. It's healthy. Yeah. Um, that's what healthy looks like. So to get there, it's, it's not an easy journey. Mm-hmm. There's tons of temptations that your kids can be faced so with. Many. The food companies have it in for your kids. The pharmacological companies. It's the future of their big, profits. Big, big pharma has it in for your kids. Like they want your kids. Yeah. They want them. It, I, it, it, I say this kind of as a, uh, sinister but it's not that sinister but but they but they want your kid on drugs for profits they yeah. want your kid eating crap for profit they want customers right they want customers they want customers and your kid is one of those customers so what are you going to do to keep them from getting your kid as a customer and what are you going to do to give your kid one fucking less thing to worry about when they're older <laughs> right. one less thing to worry about anyway yeah enough of our rant on this subject <laughs> It's a big topic, but it's, I it's think really it's, topic, it's, it's, it's really, really important. Um, something else I wanted to talk about. How, how deep into this are we? We're about oh, 30, 30, 30 minutes in. 30 minutes in. Okay. So I was going to talk about um, um, kind of, I was thinking about like three things um, as, it per, as it pertains to education for affiliate owners. And then three things as it pertains to equipment. And three things as it pertains to, to programming. Not necessarily in the order we can change the order up. But just I'll, I'll start it off with, because there's some talk about continuing education for affiliate owners and CrossFit's providing some. They've got a they've got a new affiliate startup kit that's essentially a certification of sorts. It's a five hundred dollars certification that they can take and kind of learn about leases and all of that stuff. And I think that if that's you're helpful. just if you're just starting out, it is it's, yeah, it's that's actually super helpful. I look through the topics on it and it's really impressive. Yeah, and it, and it are that they are minimum standards, especially as it concerns hiring, you know, employment, um, um, organizing your affiliate, um, setting it up, where to buy equipment, how much equipment to buy. Um, and most importantly, um, signing leases and where you put your space and then zoning and all that stuff with season. It's, it's, I would highly recommend it. If you're thinking about starting an affiliate, go take that, spend five, find $500 and take that course. It's worth the investment. Worth the investment. I spent, Tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands, getting that same education the hard way. And how many years? <laughs> the hard way. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Over over ten, at least ten years. A decade. A lot of other affiliate owners. Yeah, saying the same thing. Oh, yeah. They've had the hard, the hard. Anyway, so but if I was going to educate my now, if I, but if I'm going to educate myself today, like if you're you've got your affiliate open, you're operating, and I want it. You know, you open a few years. What education would I? pursue as that affiliate owner to um to to improve my business and i think the the first thing 
I would do, I would think about doing because it, it's so important is, is hiring good people and managing good people and keeping good people is to take a, um, a course on management, managing people, find it, figure out where it is. You can do, there, you can do a master's class online, do a master's class, something like that um, to educate yourself on managing coaches or manage, just managing people. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one of the things I've kind of taken it's like a leadership thing. Yeah. And, and people, people ask, you know, Diablo, how'd you get as big as you are? How you guys been around so long? And I kind of, one of the things I forget to kind of mention people, I forget that I even had it, but I had many, I had, I spent almost 30 years in the corporate world, fortune 500 companies. And one of the things that they did and did really well was educating people and educating management. I had, I had several really, really good management training courses where they taught me how to manage, manage projects, manage people. Um, and I forget that I've had those, but I, those skill sets are the skill sets that I use when I'm uh, running this business. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I think it's been really helpful from, you know, building the employment contracts to, uh, you know, doing reviews to, um, setting up compensation plans and those types of things, like all of the all of that experience went into helping me manage people. So I would say that one would be. And there's there's some great stuff online. You don't you don't even need to to go anywhere. You can do it all on a master's class online. You get mm. you get a couple of basic skill sets. And I, so I I think that's my that's like my number one thing that I would do in terms of education. Um, the number two thing in terms of education. Um, that I would do. Um, and I think this is, it, it, I've, I'm self-taught in this area is, and you're getting pretty good at it too, is um, Photoshop <laughs> or um, electronic design. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it, believe it or not, it, it's, it's, a, it's crazy how much I end up doing almost on a weekly basis mm-hmm surrounding our logo surrounding pictures for the gym surrounding graphics on instagram it's become obviously you know as everybody knows how important social media is in terms of just having a presence for your gym and mm-hmm. not for yourself you, if you don't want to be on social media don't be on social media but your gym needs to be yeah because people will go there yeah. to check it out i know that when people check us out they go to our social media they kind of look at what we got there they know how to you know and you have to have all you have to have all the intro things on there. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And, 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 and fortunately I had some people have had people help us with that. Yeah. Shit. Even the snippets we did last week for this uh, podcast, Harold, yeah. right? Harold, who's guys, a um, one of our coaches here, made a damn good coach, Yeah, but he's also his second job. He's got three jobs. Cause one, he works for the hospital. He works for Kaiser. Mm-hmm. His second job is in an influ- influencer and he gets, Dude, he he works for a lot yeah. of companies doing influence and gets a lot of great gear, and I think yeah. he gets paid by a couple of them to do uh, internet uh, social media influencing. Mm-hmm. Um, produces amazing content, but he helped us with that. Yeah, is I would take a class in in that. Um, how to and there's a lot of great programs. Learn what, the basics. What you, what's the one that you use now for your? Um, I'm using like Canva. You Canva as far as like just for like graphics and yeah. like posts and stuff like that. Right. Um. But, I mean, I know there's a lot out there. You use um, I use Pick Pixlr, P I X L R, and it, that's mostly on my computer. They do have a they do have an app for the phone, but it's not mm-hmm. that good. The, the I I do it. Never on really a, is. I, I do it on <laughs> I do it on stuff. a web browser, and it's really good. Got it. It's got animation panels, and you know, it, you learn you learn how to do layering, yeah. colors, yeah. design, and you just unfortunately you got to spend a lot of time doing. It. And I it it's the learning it, curve that takes admittedly time. I enjoy it. Yeah. Like I get lost in it and I do it and I, you know, it's one of those things that you got to be careful because I'll it's, start, I'll start something. All I want to do is a simple little post. That's just the artistic in you. And the three, artist in you wants to go deep three, down the rabbit hole. Three hours later, I look up like, oh shit. <laughs> like, I yeah. didn't realize I spent so long for that one graphic, but super powerful because yeah. you're going to be creating shirt designs. You're going to be doing yeah. um, posts on social media. You're going to be doing stuff for banners in the gym. You're going to be mm-hmm. like, it's, it's endless. Yeah. You want, um, you know, a good website isn't just a company that's designing it for you. You are integrally involved in it yeah. because you know and understand the business. Yeah. Um, I think that is really important. 
Um, so I would, I, I, that's my number two thing for an affiliate owner that's out mm -hmm. there. Just use, find some course, find some way to learn yourself. You still don't have to do it. You can get someone else to do it for you, but knowing how to do it yourself will save you a lot of money and kind of just help sharpen up your image that you're presenting to other people. Mm -hmm. And the third education system, third thing that I would educate myself on as a new affiliate owner is, um, and I, I thought about this just because it's, it's, again, it's something that I do that I think saves time and money for the gym. And it keeps me involved in the gym keeps me here is, um, is equipment maintenance and management or equipment maintenance and repair. Mm -hmm. So being handy, being handy. Yeah. Learning how to, you if know, do, do electrical work doing basic plumbing work super familiar with the uh youtube university YouTube, yeah youtube, YouTube university <laughs> what right um how to take a rower apart and put it yeah. back there how to take a barbell apart yeah you can't you won't finding people to do those things is often very difficult mm -hmm. i've had people i've had many affiliate owners message me hey who do you use to repair your barbells who do you use yeah. to repair your rowers uh nobody yeah um, there aren't there. There's a few company. There's a few people out there that do it, and some of them are expensive. Sometimes it's not worth the money. Bike shops yeah. are bike shops, by the way, are a good source of those types of mechanics. But I would say, learn, figure out a way to get yourself educated to learn how to do a lot of that stuff yourself, mm -hmm. so that you can repair stuff quickly. It's a lot easy, a lot cheaper to repair it yourself than having yeah. to buy something new. Oh yeah, well, yeah. Way just cheaper. because it's not broken, oh, but yeah. it's just not worth no, the way I'll it's repair those to. rollers and assault bikes yeah. all yeah. the way until I'm just like, okay, I give up on this thing. Also, reaching out to those companies for like replacement parts. Yeah, you know, like don't hesitate. I mean, you've yeah. reached out to Assault and Concept Two for like just a small little piece that broke, and it's That's right. Bam, that piece of equipment's good to go. Oh yeah, you gotta, you have to, and then have extras of that kind of stuff. And it's important not to let it go too long because then your no. members are gonna be like, man, I don't want to be on the broken bike. No. <laughs> When you fix stuff right away, they notice it. Yeah. When you they do. They notice mm -hmm. it. I believe it. And that's cool. And we notice it and, as coaches, too. Yeah. And you know? the ability to fix it right away um, is only as a result of your skill sets. Like mm -hmm. you can, it, it can get fixed right away, usually because the owner's fixing it. The other day I came in, the first game I was all pissed off. They're speaking of like swearing coming out of this room. <laughs> I came in on Friday morning. It was, it was raining outside, it was cold, raining. And, uh, and, and the, the faucet that's the, the hose outlet that's right there at the garage door, right at the garage door where it's kind of get wet already. Um, someone had dropped a weight and hit it and broke it. And so, and that controls, that has the, that has the outlet for the coffee for, the, say on the, outside, okay. for the coffee maker, for the ice machine. And when I come in in the morning, the mm. first thing I want is a cup of coffee. It's usually yeah. I go in and I get a cup of coffee. And so I can't, there's no Shit. cup of coffee, right? So then I'm, first of all, I'm irritated about that. Second of all, you're irritated that someone was just kind of lazy and yeah. tossed a weight over there and it hit it. That pissed me off. And then third thing, I was mostly pissed off. It was myself for, for the kind of rinky-dink setup that I had for that yeah. whole water outlet area. So I immediately, all I did was put my stuff down and start. And I had to go to Home Depot, get the parts, came back, fixed it. And then I bu actually built a box, a wooden box. I got oh, out nice. my stuff, I built a wooden box. So you, it's not going to happen it's again. Because like, it's happened a few times. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is not going to happen again. And so I built a box around it so that it, it just, it, it, it's protected. But anyway, I, you know, it would have cost me, yeah. you know, $500 or 750 out. bucks to get a plumber on. A plumber would not have built a box. No. But I had to get someone else to build a box. Like those are the kind of, you need basic skills, mechanical skills, Almost woodworking like home skills. ownership. Right? Yeah, it is. Being what is like home ownership stuff? Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, you're right. That's the kind of stuff you do at home. So what about what are three things that? So that's three things regarding education. Those are the three things I would educate myself on. Um, management. Um, Photoshop, basically. Photoshop. Yep. Right, and then. Um, and mechanical home ownership, home ownership. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, in a sense, this home is kind of your home repair. away from home, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Those three things will will take you a long, yeah. long ways. Um, and then programming. Oh, what are like three things around programming that you think are like the most critical things to a good program at a CrossFit gym? So if you're, you know, if you're like. I'm I'm starting CrossFit Jam or I've got my CrossFit Jam. 
I, you know, I don't get comments either way, good or bad, but what are three things you think that are essential to a, to, to, for a successful affiliate to have with respect to programming? I think number one would be planning. Planning. What's your plan? How, how far what out? Do you, what, I mean, at least a month out. Okay. At least a month out. Right. And the reason why I say a month out is you also want to stay a month out. Yeah. You don't just go month by month by month with, okay, well, shoot, I got to write next month's programming this week. So let's get to work. You want it to be kind of a, a constant Kaizen idea, right? You're constantly trying to improve that process, improve what it is, that product that you're putting out for your members to come in and improve on, right? right? Like it's, it's the product that you do for your gym, right? If, if you're not planning ahead, it's going to end up showing on the, on the back end. So when you sit down and you write next month's programming, you already know what mm-hmm. you, you have in your mind, what, I've the, actually, what you're going to be working on. I go out a month, a year out. Right. I don't just go a month out at a time. I'm, I'm a, a full year out and I'm looking at the whole macro calendar, right? When is the open? I'm planning for the open. Right. When are the quarterfinals? I'm planning for that stuff for our competitive group. Um, what kind of events are we doing here at the gym? I'm yeah. planning for that stuff. You know, like th- those are the things that you need to think of as an affiliate owner. What kind of events do you want to do? Do you have a party, a barbecue, a, get- a gathering that you want to do? Maybe build something into that. Right. Is there an in-house competition? What are you programming in that in-house competition? Do you want that to, ref- uh, do you want your programming in the gym to show the- a progression or some way to kind of prepare them so they are successful in that competition? Um, so I think number one with programming is obviously planning. You yeah. know, if, if you're doing it a week by week, and I know some affiliates do that and they have a good time with it. But I personally, I mean, I, when I was owning and running my own affiliate, that was one of the things that, you know, I just kind of really try to stay ahead on. Just so then if something did come up, it's not like I'm getting right. held back or running into a wall. What's number two? Um, number two would be like accessibility to progressions. And what I mean by accessibility to progressions is... Whether you're doing a linear progression as like a, a periodization in your programming or having a progression for a movement, right? So if we're doing a workout that has rope climbs, everybody can't do rope climbs. So what are those progressions that people are going to have? And kind of putting it out there ahead of time so then that way, you know, somebody that's hates to snatch or can't snatch because their overhead position sucks, what are they going to want to do when they come in, yeah, you they, want to have some kind of a progression for them I, to do. I'll admit, I'll admit that that has been for Diablo. That's been super beneficial as from a coach's perspective. So, for example, I come in in the morning and and it's rope climbs on the board. I've got class there and I say, okay, hey, rope climbs. If you can't do rope climbs, you know, I've had members tell me, no, no, the progression is this. Yeah. <laughs> Like, oh, that's right. <laughs> the personal progression is here. Right. Yeah. This and, is what the progression is. It's, it, it's a rope laydowns or it's yeah. ro- a rope where one rope climb to 10 feet, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Not, not going all the way to 15 yeah. feet or rope pull-ups, right? Mm-hmm. Where you're getting the foot lock and you're doing a pull-up, uh, yeah. a, a pull, a pull-up with the foot lock. Like though, having those ahead of time for coach makes it so much easier and it standardizes the progressions. It standardizes it, but it, by so making, the members know what to do. Yeah. And making it accessible to, to the members. Yeah. Gives them a chance like, okay, I know I, I'm not ready for that yet, but at least I know that this is what I can do instead, right. right? So being clear and open and upfront with, you know, what are those typical progressions? They don't always have to be the same. They can change and vary depending on the movement, just so that way there's some variance in the, in the skill itself. Right. Um, so that would be my second, right, is yeah, accessibility to a progression. A progression, right. Um, and then lastly, obviously, as we know, as CrossFitters, quantifiable, quantifiable. You know, you have to be able to have a number, measure it, repeatable. If you don't have any way to record a score, then how are we really going to know we're moving forward? And at yeah. the same time, that also kind of works back to the um, the progressions. Right. You know, if you have a progression that you've been working on and you know what numbers or what range of motion that you've been working with, maybe you're working a snatch and you're new to a snatch and you're not taking it from the ground yet. Maybe you start from the hang. You progress to get a little bit more weight, more competent, more competent with that movement pattern. Now you can take it to the floor. You know, we're increasing that range of motion. We're increasing the way that we measure our overall fitness. Yeah, I can't. Um, this is something that we did in the very beginning, and we we connected with uh, Beyond the Whiteboard in mm-hmm. the very early days. We were one of their first customers, and that our members loved it in the early days. That 
that be on the whiteboard. And now it's uh, in 2016. Um, we switched to um, sugar wad. Yes, yeah, sh- to sugar wad, and and our and our and sp- primarily because the um, the it was easier to present the workout. It was easier to input the workout, but it was also it offered a social aspect. Yeah. That wasn't there with Beyond Whiteboard. In other words, members could go in and fist bump, mm-hmm. right, or make comments on individual athletes' performances, and that was super powerful for our, um, uh, for our community to help build that community and bring them together over certain workouts. The comments mm-hmm. sometimes, and what's great oh, is sugar, great. sugar Wad allows sugar Wads allows gifts to go in there, and it is hilarious, but I. If I look at our totals, just to give you an idea of how powerful something like SugarWatt is, um, the total workouts since this is since October of 2016, our members, Diablo's members, have logged on SugarWatt 273,000 workouts. How many fist bumps? Yeah, dude. I'm curious about fist. I know we yeah. hit a million like two years ago. Yeah, yeah. So we're at we're at one million. 578,000 fist bumps. Damn. That's acknowledgements of other people's workouts. Like that's a, okay. So fist bumps are fairly easy to give. They're not, oh, yeah. you can't just go through. They made it easy. Like yeah. They made it easier to give it, but still like that's remarkable. Yeah. Like that number, yeah. that number blows me away. There's um, on comments on people's workouts so that, you know, our members go in and comments on others. The 47,000 comments Damn. from our members. Um, it's, it's really unbelievable when I look at these numbers. And, and so that is, that to me is a contribution to the community. So I, I agree with you. I think that's super important as part of programming is giving your members a place. Well, and as a, as a member myself, it's really cool to, when you, when you program back squat, for example, mm-hmm. five by three. Um, Sugar Wad for the workout of the day in in little blueprint is you logged your your last back last squat time you yeah did. last time you did backs not that workout but back squats mm-hmm. a similar workout it gave me what my number was yeah that's really cool and then I could click on it and look and if see if I wrote any notes on yeah. it yeah and the idea of having it being able to quantify like gives you a better chance to help set goals yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. You, now you have a number that you can shoot for you yeah. see the numbers as they grow. Um, and, and if you're, if you're an owner head coach that really likes to geek out on what your members are doing, you can go through and, and, and yep. look, look up the benchmarks and, yep. and, and the back squats and the barbell and you can see what your members are doing in those things. Mm-hmm. If you really want to geek out. Yeah. But that, that data is really important. And I oh, think yeah. that's, that's a, a really, really big part of programming as a whole for an affiliate is you have to keep in mind, we need a way of measurement Yeah, and keeping it quantifiable is, is really important. Oh, those are three good things. So then, uh, and then the, the last thing I wanted to talk about, um, I know we're running late, but yeah. the, uh, the last thing I wanted to talk about top three things is accessory equipment, equipment that a, an affiliate owner would get. So we know, we, I think we can pretty much agree on what the standard equipment is for an affiliate when you open an affiliate. And when you open a location, look, you can start an affiliate in a garage yeah. with, a, with a pull-up bar and a barbell. You, yeah. don't, you don't even need that. Yeah. You can do all body weight stuff. But accessory equipment, in addition to the basics, the basics being, in my mind, a barbell, bumper plates, dumbbells, kettlebells, pull-up bar, wall, um, wall, um, <laughs> We also, I also agree that rowers are a basic, but hands on, that's a basic implement that, that not accessory because I want to talk about accessory equipment Mm -hmm. in addition to, um, I just want to throw in the wall thing isn't just a basic wall. Like you want to have something on that wall. So when you kick up to it, you don't go through it. Well, that's a good point. Right. Right. So there is a little bit of work in putting some plywood up on the wall. We actually learned that, that. I know. That's that, why I point that, that out. Three-quarter inch plywood, man. <laughs> we went all the way around the gym with three-quarter inch yeah, plywood. It's bulletproof. Yeah, it is bulletproof. And what's great about three-quarter inch plywood all the way around the gym, you can get that cheap shit plywood and just put mm-hmm. primer and then paint it and it yep. looks great. Yeah. Is um, then you can tack anything up onto that wall. Yeah. It's easier to hang pull-up bars, like everything. Yep. You, you just like we, we went three-quarter inch plywood up to 15 feet mm-hmm. um, in our gym. Like I said, bullet bulletproof. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it is bulletproof. Um, if we ever have to move, it'll be a pain in the ass to oh, get out. Oh, yeah. I ain't touching it. <laughs> anyway, 
So knock on wood. equipment. Knock on wood. Yeah. Never wanted. <laughs> yeah. So, but accessory equipment, like if I'm an affiliate owner, okay, and I've got those basics, what would the first, what's the first piece of equipment that you, that you would get, Jamie, as an affiliate owner, in addition to the, uh, the to add to your basics? So, an accessory thing. I'm I'm thinking from a skills. an additional piece of equipment yeah, that yeah, you yeah. can implement at your throughout gym. the programming. So I I would throughout mean, the programming or however. Like, yeah, however. Anyway. I don't even care if it's an accessory equipment that people are just going to do after class. Could but be a skill. Yeah. What's your first choice? I would put up ropes. Okay. And the reason why I put up ropes is, I mean, this is something that you're not necessarily going to see all the time, which is why it's not necessarily like your stand to go to must have in your gym. Right. Um. But I remember when I opened up CrossFit Burn, I only had one rope. Right. Not everybody was able to climb it because we didn't have that skill. Not right. to mention that we didn't see it every week. A pull-up bar is something you absolutely must have because you have pull-ups, you have toes-to-bar, you have knees-to-elbow, right. you have bar muscle-ups. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that you um, we, could by use. The, by the way, the we, we assume, Jamie and I assume, that rings are part of the... Yeah, rings are, are the, in part of that. That's part of the basic. Basic, yeah. That must be basic because that's such a big component when we think about scaling pull-ups and ring rows. Right. That's such a good movement pattern that especially newer people can have. But the right. rope climbs, that is something that it's unique. Then I'm going to say the next thing, um, or my first choice, we can each do three choices, I suppose. But um, I actually agree with you on the ropes. Um, but the next thing would be um, an assault bike. Yeah. Or a rogue echo bike, either one. Some kind of air bike. Some kind of air bike. Um, and I resisted these for a while yeah. here at Diablo. We resisted them for a while. We got a few, and then we worked them in the we had work Schwinn's there for a while. Oh yeah, we had Schw- those <laughs> were good. Those Schwinn air, those weren't bad. They were okay. Yeah, they're okay. <laughs> but we, they are a, they're a metabolic beast. Yeah. We're seeing them obviously in the in the re in the semifinals and in the finals um, at CrossFit Games. But they are a powerful, powerful tool in building um the metabolic capacity and really remarkable and it's also zero eccentric movement patterns so there's not going to be a big impact on overall volume when you think about needing a lighter day on volume in a workout in the week like that's something i use a lot of in the bike is to kind of dial back on overall volume so people have a chance to kind of force people to rest right that's interesting. Unless they're going to, you know, completely right, so skip the so run the heart rate up real high without creating without any eccentric, eccentric load. movement patterns. Yeah. 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 Fast. Yeah. That's, that's interesting. But those are good. The only pain in the ass with when you got rowers and you got bikes is where to store those freaking things. That's, they are, they are a space suck. They are a space suck. And you're moving them around a lot. We've had them in all kinds of different places mm-hmm. in this gym and you know, constantly moving. Yeah. Two you, you come by, come in next year, they'll probably be in a new place. I'm still waiting for an elevator so we can just oh, stack it on a, on a that rack would be and the, just raise it. Like if we had a dream gym, you know, <laughs> if, if I won the lottery, that would be, that would be one of the things that I would. Whole uh, pulley system set up. So yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that that would be yeah, like a, a like it's like what was that movie Wally where you know he rotates? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Go, I mean, they do that with cars. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Rowers come down tank and move the rowers up, put the rowers back. Yeah, that'd be rad. Yeah, sad that that's what I would spend the lottery money on, but I would. Yeah, that'd be a, that'd be a good good contr- contribution to you the want to build uh, what? community the conveyor system. Um. So we got bikes. We got ropes, bikes. So I would. What, what what for the what would be like third choice uh, again going towards an accessory aspect um ghds oh, <laughs> killing me bro so the ghd i mean it, it's something that we use there's ghd sit-ups you see that in like the games and the semifinals but the ghd we got to remember it's called the glute and hamstring developer right ghd okay. is a glute hamstring developer and right. the reason why i want to put that out there is there's a lot of people out there that are just so deficient in the ability to hinge and this is one way we can teach them how to hinge how to use their hamstrings how to use their glutes how to find that musculature and that brain connection to the body so that way they are going to hinge in a safe manner right now teaching somebody how to do a deadlift and how to hinge under load that's different because it's an external object right the bar path could be changed they're under load here. They're using their own body weight to create a, there's some traction at the bottom of the hint, the hip hinge. But when you go to extend out really teaching somebody how to reach actual extension, the, we have six, six, six of them in our gym 
and they are space takers. They are again. another and, space and suck. Not only are they space suck, but they are hard to move around. Yeah. The newer ones, well, I don't know. We just got, I just got a, and mm-hmm. by the way, for, for GHDs and assault bikes, like if you're new and starting out, troll. Yeah. Troll Craigslist. People are trying to get rid of them. <laughs> next door. And, uh, and, and I think they're like uh, Facebook Marketplace. Yeah. Um, and offer up, like troll those sites because they do get rid of them. You know, I just got a like an $800 GHD, brand new Rogue GHD, the beautiful one with the, mm-hmm. the thing just the, mm-hmm. it doesn't slide. It, it, it it's got roller Pivots, wheels too. It's got roller wheels on it. I got that for 300 bucks on, on next door. Literally brand new. Damn. A 15-year-old gym, I've got the capacity to be able to buy a new one, but man, I see a $300 Rogue with Brand no, new. And I don't have to pay any shipping, and yeah. it literally was one mile from my house. You didn't have to build it either. Oh yeah, no. Oh yeah, I didn't have to build it. That's, that's <laughs> the other thing too. Troll those sites. Affiliate owners, you should that maybe that should be in the education portion. Then we go back to the education. Educate yourself on how to find deals on stuff. Yeah, there's that's nothing wrong with that at all. And the, the, I just want to add this other thing too is the, the idea of this being an accessory component to it is. Yeah. We don't necessarily use these in wads. These right. are these are something that are great for somebody brand new that's maybe doing like a startup or like you know something like that. Or if you have an athlete that's maybe dealing with some bit of an injury and can't move a barbell, this is another great option to kind of modify. Well, here's here's the other thing that Jamie does with respect to programming GHDs. He doesn't program them into a Metcon. He will program them in as the accessory component, maybe after the Metcon or during the um, core and accessory work before mm-hmm. workout, so that that way, you know, people don't, you know, for we do it in Ma- Masters RX yeah. Plus class, yeah, and they and then we go out of order, right? Yeah. So you someone can, goes you can stagger, it yeah. There. There's like three movements, and then you stagger, and mm-hmm. as, long, as long as you get it in, and, and the movements are always, she's always done for quality, not yeah. for yes, not for uh, time, yeah. And that makes it easy to use the device. And it, it, it is an amazing device. It's, it is a, a big space suck, but that's, that's why it's accessory. It's not it something is. that you need a whole bunch of them to, right. to support a whole class. Yeah, yeah. No, that's right. Um, so, that, so there's some tips. Uh, three things. You got um, another third? You got two. I got two. Um, my, I'm pushing you here. Uh, well, um, yeah, yeah, I will. I got I'll one do. more in my mind, so I want to hear it. Well, we'll see if it's the same thing. Okay. Um, and I, again, this is another space taker, but it's an awesome substitution device. And I use it almost every day to warm up and it's a concept two ski erg. Yeah, that's a good one. Not the bike. We do have concept two bikes here. We can talk about that on another episode. Um, they're not a high priority, but that concept two ski erg is great for warm up. It's great for people that have knee injuries. It's great substitute. And it's a and it's an awesome open gym training tool. Mm-hmm. So people will build it into workouts, and we're seeing it start to show up in the semifinals and the finals of the CrossFit Games. Yeah, but again, that's the that's a that's a third choice. Yeah. Um. So it's a nice modification for somebody that's you know maybe can't run, yeah. and you don't necessarily want them sitting during yeah. something like because yeah. when you think about a rower or a bike as a modification for a run, they're in a hip flex position. Granted, on the skier, you're going into a hip flex position, yep. but you're at least opening up. Yeah. Right. And again, those um, our first skier we bought was a used one that we mm-hmm. bought from another affiliate. Yeah. So. And those aren't too much of a space suck, especially if you mount it to a wall. Yeah. No. Uh, yeah. They they are they will stand against a wall, which is kind of yeah. nice. Yeah. What was? Did you have one something different than that? Um, I was gonna throw in sleds. Oh, that's right, sleds. sleds. And the reason why I like sleds, it's a great accessory component well it's, it's con- there you go concentric not eccentric exactly and yeah. we used to have so back in the day we had the long turf we had a ton of sleds yeah we would program them into in the workouts into the workouts as like partner workouts yeah. right so that way as far as logistics it's you know everybody doesn't have to have their own but we would have it set into short intervals yeah. short distances and they would just go back and forth once we got rid of the turf and we lost all of those sleds because here at this location we're not allowed to push outside yeah. which is a major bummer because yeah. we used to run them as races. Remember? Yeah. Oh God. <laughs> it was so much we were, fun. We were terrible neighbors. <laughs> yeah, like, if I was a, ten, if I was a, you know, the head of some sort of retail operation, I would, you know, retail store operation, having a CrossFit gym next to me would be like, Oh Christ. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> make really again. good friends. God. Sleds. Really? <laughs> anyway. 
But I think that's a, another good thing. Yeah, it is. And, and there's a lot of benefits. To my it. wife uses them all the time. Yeah. It's the well, you program for her. So it's, mm -hmm. it's, pro, it's programmed into her programming. But there's a lot of people here that use them as part of their warm ups and as part of their accessory work. Or rehab, even. Yeah, rehab. And they're pretty cool. Yeah. They are pretty cool. That is a pretty nice one. Yeah. I'm not sure actually whether. I think sled. I think yours is better than mine. Sled's better than skier. I'd do sled before skier. I would go sled before Just skier. It's easy too. It's also cheaper. Yeah, and you could store it easier. Yeah, right. Yeah, you can. Most of them will break down. And you can put them up out of the way. Yeah, put them up out of the way. Um, but yeah, so that that those would be my three. Right on. Um, okay, cool. Yeah, we actually had a couple of people in uh, listening. Oh, yeah. rodeo. Hey, rodeo. Hey. Yeah, and Bruce Assault Wayne. Bike. He's a champ, Bruce. Yeah. Um, so uh, <laughs> you get that last. <laughs> <laughs> so uh i guess uh that's it for this week yeah yeah it's yeah. good good conversation sorry one a little long yeah all right it's a little extra chat all right cheers have a great week take care